Hey everybody, this is Peter Sincotti and you are listening to Life Minute TV. Renowned singer, songwriter, and pianist Peter Sincotti is certainly something special. The child prodigy started playing piano at age three and had his first professional gig at 13. By 20, he was playing the most prestigious venues around the globe. On the heels of the 20th anniversary of his first record, he's just released his sixth album, Killer on the Keys, 12 brilliant tracks that pay homage to his icons that not only span generations and genres, but combine them in a unique way that's all his own. And there are some beautiful originals, too, that tell his story of growing up in New York, his life on the road, and losing his father at 13 at his first professional show in New York City. This is a Life Minute with Peter Sincotti. Thanks so much for joining us on Thank Life Minute. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Ah, oh, so glad to have you. So what is going on with you? Tell us what's A million new. things. <laughs> <laughs> the album, my new album just came out. I guess that's the first thing on... Uh, few days ago so that's brand new in the works I don't even want to say maybe four or five years since right before the pandemic and then I focused all on this during the pandemic it kind of got me through and now it's out congratulations thank you very much how would you describe it this is my sixth uh, full-length album and I think it basically ties together the diversity of my past albums for anybody who's followed me through the years I've made like five very different sounding records and they're all they were all known for different things especially my first record and then I started traveling the world and started writing my own music on my third record which was kind of a musical shift that's when I met guys like David Foster and the sound changed the audience changed and then now this record to me connects it all in a way that's around, based on the piano and my idols my piano playing idols ranging from Jerry Lee Lewis to Billy Joel to John Lennon, to people like Lady Gaga, Coldplay, Oscar Peterson, like people you would not think of in the same sentence. And I use that as the, the template for this record. That's the concept. That's so cool, really cool. What is the creative process like for you? Do you, you know, does the, the music come first and then? It changes, you know. This record, like I mentioned, a lot of these tracks were born during the pandemic. So that's a very obviously particular kind of a time. We're locked in the apartment. I'm in New York City the whole time looking out at the city that never sleeps and watching it sleeping. I mean, the whole world was crazy, but there was something about being in New York during this time. And that did affect the creative process. I woke up one day and there were, you know, there was a song there, uh, probably the most personal song I wrote. Like, it must have been in a dream or something where I got up and went to the piano and I had the title of the track uh, called Ghost of My Father, which is about my father and his passing, uh, which I never really spoke about, let alone perform. So there was something very cathartic about that process, particularly on a, with a song like that. And the melody was there, and that period of time, uh, being in like a quarantine, forced you to press pause on a lot of things, and then what opens up when you can't do anything else kind of is affected, and the creative process is affected, for sure. That has its fingerprint on these tracks as well. Some good things came out of that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right? Well, for me, yeah. This record, in some ways, is born out of what I was, what I craved when I saw my idols playing. So, if I were to go to like a Billy Joel concert, I would love, I love Billy Joel or Elton John. But sometimes on certain songs, when it came to like the musical section, I wanted to hear like a different kind of piano solo. Let's say like Errol Garner's one of my jazz idols, or Oscar Peterson. Like I'd want to hear that in the middle of a 
different kind of concert. But when I would go see the jazz guys like Oscar Peterson or, or listen to you know, any of that, I wanted to hear some storytelling from like a Billy Joel or a Paul Simon or a James Taylor. And I thought, you know what, I got, there's got to be a way to have both. There's got to be a way to take the different elements from all these masters and try to scratch that itch that I'm feeling. So that's why I do a Coldplay song with kind of a Bill Evans-influenced introduction that leads into the Chris Martin sort of thing. Or uh, Bruce Hornsby, I combine Bruce Hornsby's style, the way he played with John Lennon's Imagine, using John Lennon's song Imagine as a template to kind of incorporate the Bruce Hornsby approach to the piano. So again, people you wouldn't think of in the same sentence. Uh, Lady Gaga, like I'm kind of playing in, in a way that is like a cousin to McCoy Tyner. If you listen to Poker Face on that track, there's a lot of stuff that I learned from listening to like old McCoy Tyner records. So that is the very, uh, that's the hybrid and the dots that I wanted to connect on this record, if it makes any sense. It does. It's okay. amazing. It's so different. Have you met any of those people, your idols? I met a few. I met Billy Joel. I do one of his songs. I met Ray Charles. I met Elton John. I actually opened for Ray Charles right before he passed away. Wow, really? We shared this. I, I couldn't believe it. It was in uh, Montreal and... He was really nice. I remember meeting him backstage. I couldn't believe my name was on the same bill, but I've been fortunate enough to meet a few of my, uh, my, my idols. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you always know you wanted to play piano? I mean, you were young when you started. I was very young. I was three years old. I was like immediately drawn to it, but I never had a moment where I was like, this is what I'm going to do. To me, it was just assumed. By the time I came of age in my teens to figure out, you know, what's you going to be in a profession, I didn't even think about it. I was already playing gigs. I was already, I grew up in New York. That was a big part of, you know, my education and, and opportunity to, you know, sit in at clubs. I had teachers that would play in clubs and I'd be 10, 11, 12 and they'd say, come up, come up. And then I had my first real professional gig of my own when I was 13 on West 46th Street, actually. You know, New York was a blessing to, for someone like me to have been born here and exposed to all the opportunities that the city offers. That's amazing. How did that happen? Did your parents get you into it? Very. I was lucky to have parents that exposed me to all kinds of music, you know, rock concerts at Madison Square Garden, Broadway shows, jazz clubs, blues. So they were very encouraging and that, that shaped me as a person, let alone as in my music. Did you play by ear right away? I mean, Yeah, it was always by ear. Uh, my grandmother bought me this toy piano for my third birthday. And she taught, it was like one of those 10 key wooden things in the 80s. And she taught me how to play Happy Birthday on it. And apparently I played it like right back after her. Something like that. I don't remember it, but I just remember being drawn to it. And then we got a real piano in the house and I started taking lessons. And it was always fun for me. I never had parents that forced me, you know, to play. It was always remained fun. That's a key thing because I had so many kids and peers that would quit because their parents wanted it more than they did. Right. Tell us about your touring. I've been on the road for you know almost 20 years. When my first record came out, I was at Columbia University, and it was my second. That's when I made, I got signed, and I was kind of playing a lot then in the city. And then I had to make a decision, and I left Columbia and just started touring around the world. So it's been depending on the record cycle, it's been on and off, on and off. But it's a it's a really fascinating life. A couple songs on this new album reference. Life on the Road, there's a new song called Roll Alone. That's an original song that kind of tells stories of being a musician and going to the next city. This whole record, everything I wanted it to be about music and the piano and the songs I wrote really are autobiographical in a way that 
I haven't expressed on past records. Interesting. I still like it's shocking to me, somebody so young, like your parents just introduced you to all these different sounds, is that how? Pretty much. There was always music on in the house. A lot of the American songbook was what I grew up with, but also, you know, radio was on and again, exposure to live music. But then once I started studying with teachers that are like some of the best, they, they also then just took it and one thing led to another and I just absorbed and learned so much by watching. That's how it, it evolved. And then one rabbit hole led to another rabbit hole. And when you're in your teens, I was just soaking up as much as I could. And then before you know it, you start to express yourself in a way that becomes more and more you. You know, that's the goal is to just find yourself. Influences are great, but in the end of the day, you kind of have to have a, your own reason for doing this. Yeah. It's got to be you. So that happens over time. You can't press a button. It's awesome. Good for you. And then the famous Carlisle. You're going to be playing there, right? Yeah, Cafe Carlisle. We started about a year ago, a little over a year ago. We've, we've done so many shows there, so we keep coming back. It's kind of like my New York base, and there's no place like it. We have five nights coming up, October 3rd to the 7th. For those who haven't been, it's really a one-of-a-kind venue. No matter where you are in the world, there's no place like the Cafe Carlisle left really anymore in New York and it's a special place and I, and I love playing there. What happens there is different than any other show that I do. Really? Yeah, it's just the intimacy of it. You know, they're, they're sitting closer to, yeah. closer to me than you are right now. Plus the martinis are strong, so everybody's loose. Oh, that's great. What's your favorite thing about New York when you're not working? What else do you like to do in New York? Oh, you know, the more I travel, the more I love New York. Yeah, there's no place like it. What could you say? There's a quote a friend of mine says a lot. I think it was a John Updike quote saying, if you don't live in New York, you're just kidding. I, I was like, in a way, blind to a lot of it because I grew up in it. And then I thought the whole world was kind of like that. And then when you start seeing the world, you realize how unique it is, how diverse it is. and musically I have a lot to be grateful for that I attribute to this city. I wrote a song about it also during the pandemic called Heart of the City and it's basically my tribute to uh, New York. Awesome. What are some of your favorite restaurants? I'm a kind of a creature of habit like I have neighborhood spots that I go to. One, the first one that comes to mind is a place called Bella Blue, an Italian place on the Upper East Side. They didn't, they didn't pay me for this but it's excellent. <laughs> I've been going there since they opened. You know, I have a Chinese place that I like. Uh, like I like local, local spots where I don't have to go too far. You're Italian, <laughs> right? Are yes, Italian? yeah. Okay. Italian heritage, yes, and Cotty. Me too, 100%. Oh, really? My What's name your... is Butler. Gagliardi is my main name. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, you go to Italy a lot? or? I've never been. You've never been? No, it's an embarrassment. I know. Oh, you got to so go. Bad. Do you know I'm where you're... the only one in my whole family that hasn't been. Oh, my uh... mother's Sicilian, and my father's from Naples. Father's oh. family. Oh, all right. My, my father's family's uh, Naples, too, yeah. Really? Yeah, there was a little town outside of uh, Naples, uh, region Avellino. Uh, I have a crazy story there. They made me a, an honorary citizen of the whole, of the town of like my great great grandfather. A little place wow. called Cervinara, and it was just out of a movie. It was one of the, the most uh, memorable experiences I've ever had. I was really honored to be there and see the, a small place like that and. The food was excellent. The people are, are warm. Everybody's a little crazy, like, you know, my family I grew up with a little, but it was like the same language, and it felt, even though I'd never been, I felt very much at home. But Italy's a special place in general. I gotta go. Yeah, you gotta go. Oh. I'm going in November again. Really? We have a bunch of shows. Oh, wow. In Milan, to Calabria, to... You're really I, I tour there a lot. What's something you always bring with you when you travel? Earplugs. <laughs> so I could tune everybody out. <laughs> that would be my first answer. 
So you kind of said who your influences were and your heroes and stuff. Any more about that? Like, who are some musicians like of today that you think are just like? In the I like a lot of different kinds of music. I'm a big fan of John Mayer. I'm a fan of everyone from David Guetta, who I once collaborated with in France. I like uh, Ryan Tedder a lot, One Republic. I really like the way, the sound of the records that he makes. Because I, this is, this, I produced this record as well, the last couple records I've produced. So I, I've learned a lot from people like that because I'm interested in taking what I do and putting it through a modern filter. So like a lot of my songwriting, could be categorized as traditional in a sense, but I like taking that and making it sound like it was born today. So the sonics of a record are nowadays really important. Playing with that um, is something that's exciting to me. When you play live, what are fans gonna get? The Carlisle's a sp particular show. That's its own universe. So my Carlisle show is tailored to that and you just gotta come to see that to find out what that is. <laughs> Um, but in general, I'll be promoting this record, Killer on the Keys. Like I said, that honors all my favorite killers on the keys. So they're different arrangements of songs you know. But I'll also be playing songs from all my records, um, originals, and, um, and known songs as well. So it's definitely a mix, but they'll go uh, on a journey throughout the show for sure. We'll cover a lot of ground. That's so cool. Do you play any other instruments? No, no. I, I tried and I failed. I mean, I tried guitar at one point. I tried saxophone for like a summer when I was 11. It was just horrendous. So no, I'm just with the piano. And you don't know where you got it from? I don't know. I guess, uh, who the hell knows? I don't know if it was on my mother's side. I guess my mother's side was more artistic in general. But then again, on my father's side too, there's a couple there. So who, no one did it as a profession, but it's somewhere in the blood, I guess. I don't know. What, is there anything you do to exercise or keep your fingers like in shape? I used to do a lot of that, certain piano exercises. I should do more nowadays. No, nothing in particular. I try not to think about it too much. You know, when you're conscious yeah. of things. Yeah. So I just, I go about my day, do what I have to do. What do you do when you're not working? I like to cook a lot. Oh, Cooking yeah. is kind of like my, speaking of Italian, yeah, I cook a lot of Italian food. Yeah, it all goes back to that. I like to cook a lot. And that's one of my favorite things, just have some wine or make a make a martini or and like there's something very therapeutic not only about the martini but about the process of cooking that I like a lot and I think it's funny I wrote this thing I want to try to develop at one point the correlation between building a dish and building a song and there's so many overlaps that'll be the next time when I release yes. a cookbook <laughs> or something there's yeah. definitely overlaps between the process that are interesting to me interesting like what I'm going to give it away, but <laughs> I think basically like when you build a song, and let's talk about Italian food, the bass and drums are like the core, right? If you screw that up, the bass and drums, really everything you put on top of it, even if the song is good, is going to feel bad because the core and the rhythm isn't there. That's very much like garlic and olive oil. <laughs> if you burn that garlic, no matter what you do, it's going to come through the whole dish. So those are the core, but there's a lot of layers to it. And at the end, you know, sprinkling a little salt or olive oil is like the mixing and the mastering, just the sheen. So there's a whole world of overlaps that I could talk about forever. What are some of your favorite dishes to cook? I like making just simple tomato sauce. I make a sausage rigatoni thing. I make chicken cutlets, very traditional Italian sausage, broccoli, rob, that kind of thing. I'm getting hungry over here. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> are you single? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm engaged. I'm engaged. Oh, good for that person. Do you like, you know, make your fiance like a dinner? Uh, all the time. She's music? totally spoiled. <laughs> oh but I, God, but yes. I'm, I'm spoiled in other ways. 
uh, by her. But no, with, when it comes to the cooking, she's definitely spoiled. I cook all the time. Every night during, we were in the lockdown together uh, and we were just, every night was a party. It was like, is it five o'clock? Yeah, we gotta have like, you know, what's going on? And we would make like three, we all both gained so much weight, like the, that pandemic weight, it was just, anyway. And when are you getting married? Uh, next May. Where? We're doing it, we're getting married in Istanbul. My fiance is Turkish. She's from from it. I actually met her over there many Good years ago. Too. Yeah, great food actually. Really <laughs> surprising. I didn't know much about the Turkish cuisine, but she cooks that element. I don't even try that, but it's uh, really excellent food. And you have quite a following too. So how, how does that make you feel when you think of like you know what a following you have? It's um, <laughs> fascinating, especially nowadays on social media, connecting with people and seeing where they are. I did this thing for a while called um, That Friday Feeling with Peter. Another thing that kind of got me through the pandemic and I, it was a live stream and I would connect and I'd just go like every Friday at 6 p.m. I'd make a drink and I would just talk to my followers. And that was really the first time I saw where everybody was because up until that moment, I never really stopped and engaged like that. And since then, I've had a better relationship with my fans and followers all around the world and now even at live shows, it's like, who watched that? Who, who tuned in? And like one guy's like, oh, I was the guy in the hot tub with the drink and from London, like, or this was like, wow, look at where they are, or like in France. And you see where they are, which is really the, the good thing about social media. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, what does music do for people? Well, I think it does different, different things to different people, you know? Some people just listen to it in the background. I'm not really one of those. It's very hard for me to concentrate. If something's playing, that's, if it's good, I can't, like, it's hard for me to talk because I'm listening. But it's therapeutic. I mean, it can be so many things to different people. It's a mood changer. It changes your perspective. The goal is to be, come out different at the end of the experience than you did when you went in for better or worse you know certain songs can make you so just put you in a depression if they're especially if they do that well I, I happen to love those songs because they really cut through so many emotions but music is powerful you know and it brings every, everybody together and it's the you know the universal language for a reason sort of like food also true yeah another thing i'm going to incorporate that in my little concept that's true how do you stay fit and mentally like I try to go to the gym, I try to work out, I run. I could, I could do better, but I try to at least get a little bit in every day. And mentally clear, I mean, music, music's very helpful for that. It's like a cathartic thing. Not always, but when you're lucky, it's very helpful. You discover things about yourself, you know, it's like therapy. It's like, geez, I didn't know that was in there. And you get, and you get into when you look inside like that and music comes out. I feel thankful to have that as a tool to let things out or uh, figure things out and just have fun at the end of the day. It can be a lot of fun. So. And since this is Life Minute, what's your biggest life tip? I guess there's this quote, I, uh, what's that quote about? Play the hand you're dealt as if it were your own. Because everybody has different challenges. Everybody gets different cards, but those are your cards, and, and you gotta play it like it's your own, and be you, become yourself. I'm expanding on the quote, but I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, you're always mixing things, so why not mix that too? Awesome, that's great. Thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. My you're pleasure. fascinating. Thank Congratulations you. Thank again. you so much, thank you. To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.